0: Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you have been and who you become, and that it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorna, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you and me do life even better. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's get started. Hi everyone, and thank you very much for joining me again today. Have we got an incredible episode lined up for you. Now, if you have a dream that you were chasing, or have been thrown into a position before you felt like you were ready, or know what it's like to be bullied or feel shy, and you want to grow in self-esteem and self-confidence, then this one is for you. I recently sat down with Laura Geitz, and she opened up about her stories and experiences on these very same topics. Laura Geitz is considered as one of Nepal's greatest defenders. She led the Australian Diamonds to gold medal victories at the Commonwealth Games in 2014 and at the World Cup in 2015. She also captained the Queensland Firebirds to their back-to-back ANZ Championship Grand Final wins in 2015 and 2016. During our chat, Laura shares about the importance of having the right people in your life How netball and sport helped her grow in self-esteem and confidence, her journey as captain for the Firebirds and then for the Australian Diamonds, the inspiration she gains from running netball clinics through Fuel to Fly and much, much more. So please make sure you take a screenshot of this episode and share it out there on social media. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, Tag me in at Dave Jorna, that's at Dave, J-O-R-N-A, and at Do Love Better Podcast. Also, please make sure you tag in Laura. She would love to know that you're listening and what you're getting out of it too. So tag her in. On Instagram, she is at LMGeitz, that's at L-M-G-E-I-T-Z, so make sure you tag her in there as well. So now, I hope you enjoy this episode with the incredibly humble, kind and genuine Laura Geitz. Hi Laura, thank you very much for joining us on the Do Life Better podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And before we start, I just want to extend that thanks in terms of you are an awesome role model for a lot of young people. All around Australia, uh, not just in sport, but also in that whole do life better philosophy, particularly with your work with Fuel to Fly, which I'd love to talk about more during this chat today. So thank you for, again, being that authentic, values-driven role model that you are on and off the court. So, yeah, a lot of young people that we work with are really looking forward to hearing from you today. So Fantastic. Hopefully I don't disappoint. No, I'm sure you won't. I'm (laughs) sure you won't. Uh, So I have done a little bit of homework and listened to other podcasts you've been on and so on. And I heard that when you were 13, you went to your mum and you said, I want to play netball for uh, Queensland and then for Australia. And I loved your mum's response (laughs) from that.
1: Yeah, she, um, I think she was a bit taken back when I had come home from school, it was one afternoon, and I had only had one season of school netball under my belt um, before I decided that, as you say, I wanted to um, represent my state and my country in netball. Um, and mum, I mean, I had two, I do have two of the the most incredible supportive parents, um, and mum said to me, oh, darling, um, that's great to, you know... Um, have such wonderful dreams and you know really set set some some high goals there but do you know how many people play netball in Australia? And I looked at her. I was like, oh, there's quite a few. She said, Laura, there's hundreds of thousands of girls that play, and there's only 12 girls in a, an Australian mm. netball team. So um, she said, you know, it's great to have that goal, but maybe we should also have some others under your belt as well, just in case it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that
0: response. And then, so in a way, like, did you use that as fuel to help? motivate you to keep you going
1: yeah i in a way i did i suppose but at the same time i um i think i i was just a 13 year old girl that had this this dream of playing netball and had fell in love with this game Mm. and just basically had this um idea that i wanted to play this game for the rest of my life every single day for the rest of my life that's just the passion that that i had for it
0: Mm. awesome so now being a mother
1: With Barney. Mm -hmm. How old's Barney now? Little Barney's 19 months old now. Fantastic. Yeah, at a very busy age. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) So I'd be really interested then. So, okay, I've got two sons, eight and four, and they're trying out so many different sports at the moment. Eli's trying to play soccer. He's like three years younger than everyone else, so he's like always two metres behind the ball. (laughs) It's awesome to watch. But I'd love to know, so if Barney comes up to you one day... When he's older, and he's like, "Mom, I want to play for Australia one day, and anything at all." Mm-hmm. Would you how would you respond then?
1: I think it, it's funny because I get asked the question a lot: um, "What sport do you want Barney to play, or what sports Barney going to play?" Uh, and you know, obviously, I played netball, and my husband played rugby mm-hmm. union. So I think I just my response to that is I just want him to play whatever he wants to play. I mean, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that was the greatest thing about and, and that's probably why uh, my career did last for mm-hmm. a, a decent amount of time was because I didn't start netball when I was eight years old and it wasn't the only sport that I did for my entire childhood. I came across it quite later on in my life. And whilst I loved it, I was also doing so many other things. So it wasn't just all about netball. And sometimes I I see young kids that are focused and are training so hard at a specific um, event or sport at such a young age and they just become burnt out Mm. so I think for me um the biggest thing that I will want to see with Barney is a something that you know he does that he just absolutely adores and loves and b making sure that he's also got that but plenty of other variety in his um in his life whether that's sport or or anything else just so Mm. it's just not all about one thing
0: Fantastic, to have that perspective.
1: Yeah, Mm. yeah, definitely. I think perspective is probably one of the greatest things to be able to have in life, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: So then in terms of young people saying, I have this dream, Mm. and it's very easy for parents to, even when being really well-intentioned, to kind of say, you know what? maybe you do need to have something else because I don't think you're going to get there yeah yeah. so what about you again so if you know Barney or someone comes up to you as a little child and says look I want to just chase this dream I believe I can be the best in the world Mm. like would you kind of having been there yourself achieved so much in your career Mm. would you help them chase after that would you
1: What advice would you give them? It's a tough one. I think it's really a 50-50 response in terms of being... Excited about the fact that there's a certain amount of self belief within mm-hmm. them to achieve their goals. Uh, and I think, you know, that's amazing, an amazing quality to have is, and, you know, to be successful, you need to have that self belief that no one's going to stop you and no one's getting in your way of you achieving your dream. So there's that part of it which is um, is exciting to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, I think the other 50% is that's great, but you're, it's not mm-hmm. all going going, <clears throat> excuse me, to happen exactly how you want it to happen and you have to realise that you are probably going to meet people along the way that are better than you mm, and you have yeah. to accept that and you're going to meet people that you're better than as well. So I think that was the really great thing that my parents were able to do was, and probably mum did it that day in a way that um, that's great, sweetheart, encouragement but also do you realise, you, you, like, this is this is going to be hard. It's not just because you want it to happen, it doesn't mean it is going to happen. So there was that um, side of remaining, I suppose, quite humble and realising, um, I suppose, in a way, how, um, you know, it, it just wasn't going to be if I just wanted it to be there was going to be things that potentially stepped in the way and and made it very difficult to achieve
0: mm, I'm trying to have those conversations with one of my sons at the moment he um after watching the world cup he wants to play soccer for Australia mm. but practice isn't his thing mm. at all he'd rather jump on the trampoline or play Lego Yeah. <laughs> which as an eight-year-old why not yeah, yeah exactly um, that's so, right mm. yeah so finding that that belief, but then also that you're going to have to work hard for this. Yeah, definitely. What's your, what's your plan B? Yep. Just in case. Exactly. So on your website, I noticed you mentioned something about the importance of the phrase nudge in the right direction. Mm. I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, mm. look, I, um, I think... When I look back on my career, there's been plenty of moments where uh, things haven't gone to plan or, you know, I think I'm doing everything um, right uh, at the time. But then, you know, when things don't work out or you, you have people that are around you, whether they're coaches, whether they're family, whether they're teammates, that basically say you know um in a in a supportive way sometimes in a non-supportive way sometimes you hear it of all different in all different contexts but um you do you need sometimes that nudge in the right direction that bit of a reality check the the harsh comment that comes from someone that you weren't expecting and Mm. kind of burns away at you for a while but then you realise when it's the dust has settled it there's actually some real value in what they're telling you and it's constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and um, I think that's probably something that I've had to learn to do in a professional like career as an athlete is um you know, just just taking the, the criticism, the feedback on board and after a bad performance or whatever it might be. Um, and I was a person that never could take criticism well. I would get deeply offended and, I, you know, I was a shy individual. So to hear things that, you know, aren't all bubbly and happy doesn't come natural to me. So um, that was definitely something that I had to get used to. And um, and I think I realised when I did start getting used to it, it was, um, you know, it made me a better athlete and probably a better person as well.
0: Excellent. And was there someone in particular in your life who really drove home that idea of... In the right direction, and how to take that criticism on board?
1: I'd have to say, probably the first Australian Australian coach I was exposed to was Norma Plummer, mm-hmm. uh, and I ex- describe Norma to people that obviously don't know Norma, um, like the the main character in the movie The Devil Wears Prada, Miranda. Um, she's exactly looks the same, acts the same, has that same icy nature about her, but underneath is very warm and caring, and wants the best. For you, mm. and um, but there's a, a pretty tough external, you know, surface to get through mm. um, and tap away at. Mm. And I think um, Norma was just, you know, in my early days, those first few years in the team, she just um, rode me basically because I, I think, you know, she. She saw some form of potential in me but probably also saw that I needed to toughen up a little bit and um, be able to really withstand some pressure and Mm. she gave me a few lessons in in that way and I think at the time I I was probably hating every second of it and wondering why she was um, on my back all the time. Um, And now it's funny, 10 years on, I look back and think, who were the most influential people in my career? And she's in the top three. So, um, you know, and I remember having that conversation with her one day and um, just, you know, after it was after a Commonwealth Games, just saying, like, what what do I need to do to have your respect Norma? I just feel like I can't do anything right. Uh, And the response was, I've been waiting for this phone call. I've been waiting for you to to actually grow a bit of a backbone, I think the words were, that came out of (laughs) her mouth. And our relationship changed from that day. Mm. So um, Norma was a a huge influence in my career, that's for sure.
0: Wow. So um, am I hearing you say that she helped you really grow in your personal strength and that resilience?
1: Definitely. You know, um, she did. And I think... um, as I said earlier, sometimes we like to hear things or I'm the personality that likes to be told that I'm doing well and everything's going perfectly and I don't hear, I don't like to hear the other, the stuff um, so well and I think that was really difficult for me at a very impressionable age to be given that feedback and um, but I, I do, I think at the end of the day, um, feedback is a gift, any mm. type of feedback, whether it's positive or whether it's negative, mm. and um, you have to learn what you want to take on board and, you know, what you might leave behind. Mm. Um, but it, it's all, you know, it's it's all in terms of wanting you to be a better person and wanting you to um, understand how you can go about things differently. And I mm. think when you actually get your head around that, it can be a really effective tool for you to become stronger at whatever you are setting your mind to.
0: Thank you. And growing up in the country, just outside of Warwick, we do some work out there in one of the schools out there. And you must, I I don't know, I I grew up not in the country. Mm. Um, What did you learn growing up in the country that really helped you in terms of competitiveness, your tenacity, resilience, in terms of leadership? What did you learn out there that really helped
1: I now look back and think I'm so lucky to have a, to have had a childhood in the country. Um I think the first thing that you is instilled into you from a young age is the importance of a community. Mm-hmm. Um being from a small country town, seeing firsthand people just supporting one another, you know, I think that's that's what living in the country is all about, mm-hmm. you help out whoever needs a hand at the time because it's not going to be too much further down the track that you potentially need a, need a helping hand as well. So you just see that, you know, whether it's people dropping food around for morning tea or dinners or having people over or looking after, you know, kids or doing school pick up. It's just one extended big family in a way. Um, the second thing is resilience, which is, is also instilled into you from a young age and particularly living, um, growing up seeing having parents that worked on the land um you know your livelihood is based on whether it's sunny or whether it's raining Mm -hmm. and that's two things that are very much out of your control and there's probably not too many occupations in the world that are so dependent on um on the the weather and you know you just don't have control over those things so to see the great seasons and to see the spirit so high is incredible but there's you know we're living it right now hearing so much about at the droughts and the effect that that has on families and the flow-on effect is not just, you know, what is happening instantly. It's, it's what happens months and years later that takes time to recover. And I think, you know, you just you understand um, you reap what you sow basically I think mm-hmm. is is probably something that is also very apparent from a young age and the other thing I think living in the country is just being so active and um, competing you know doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl out there it's everyone in you know touch footy mixed teams it was I just remember always wanting to beat the boys always running against the boys so um, you know there's I suppose that, um sense of real you're you're all equal out there um and you just get in and you have a go mm.
0: and then i remember you saying uh that when you're 13 you're all arms and legs mm-hmm. um, that reminds me of my four-year-old son he's 25 shortly but he's the size of a six-year-old he's uh-huh. massive <laughs> um, so already kind of thinking what could he possibly do you know what would his body be suited to but when you were 13 um apparently there's people trying to get into all different types of sports Is that right? Um, Because of your height and trying to figure out what you'd be best suited to. What was it like having so many people going, you should do this, you should do that? What was that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was difficult because I think whilst there was probably a lot of adults as you say, wanting, you know, come and play netball, try high jump, do athletics, um, you should try, you you know, swimming or rowing, there was all these options that I felt like my attributes physically were um, a real positive, but then... Um, the flip side at school my attributes were so negative because I was just cop so much criticism and bullying from from my te- from my peers at school being you know as you say heads and shoulders above everyone so yeah. it was um it was it was a bit of a catch-20 situation in a in a way I mean I was sort of going oh like Obviously physically this is great that I look like this, I can, I'm can, i potentially able to play a different range of sports but over here um, I'm being laughed at and you know just the butt of all the jokes at school because I, I just look so differently to everyone else. So that's why sport for me was probably was a saving grace in a way. Um, it comes back to, you know, making a choice of what sport. Well, netball was the easy winner because it was where my passion yeah. was. And I just loved the game. I remember I did a lot of athletics, but I, I used to get so nervous and I'd work myself up so much about, you know, running a 400 metre race. And I just probably never had the ability to get past that in a way. Whereas yeah netball I felt like I was supported um by my teammates mm-hmm. and I was in in an environment that um really let me flourish in a way
0: mm. nice you referred to yourself as being shy when you were younger mm. and then you just mentioned about being bullied at school because of your height did did netball help you grow in that self-confidence um do you still consider yourself a shy person now or how do you how yeah. does that all sit with you now
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I often say when I speak to young girls or at clinics or if I ever do a school talk, I I think, you know, if I was sitting back in a, a chair at school and someone said to me, you'd be standing up, you know, delivering speeches on television or, you know, um, to schools or hundreds of people or, um, you know, I even had the opportunity to do the MCing event when the Kate and Will, the Royals, were here in Brisbane. Oh, wow. If someone said that to me, I would have, you know, in year 12, I would have just gone, you've got to be joking. I couldn't even stand up in front of my class at school and do an oral presentation. Um, so the, the thought of that was so distant from, you know, me thinking I was able capable of something like that Mm. um so sport netball was definitely the you know the vehicle driving me in the right direction in terms of developing self-esteem and self-confidence um I mentioned I was supported by a group of girls um it put me in situations where things didn't go to plan um you know you didn't always win but then you had a group of people to Mm. Um, to rely on and, and debrief with, it wasn't all just about you. Which is obviously coming out strongly that I'm a team, a team player, and not an individual athlete. Um, I think to the other, the other big part of it was. Um, yeah, it just it just really pushed me outside my comfort zones. It made me leave home, which I hated doing. Um, and it just put me in all these environments and situations that I would have never ever have, you know, willingly mm. went forward and and did, but there was this in the back of my mind, this thought of I want to I want to represent my state. I want repre- to represent my country. These are the things I have to do to get there um, and it's like mm-hmm. I often describe it as if you go out and do a training session by yourself, you're never going to push yourself like doing one with a personal trainer mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you might push yourself but you, you just stay in that little zone that you feel comfortable and safe in and you need someone else to push you into that, that mm-hmm. next place.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks. So, and also being such a successful captain, um, there was three premierships with the Firebirds and then there was two gold medals with the Australian Diamonds, is that correct? With the Commonwealth Games 2014 and the year after with the World Cup. Yeah. Um, I believe when you first became captain, it was because the current captain, um, Lauren Nurse, had an injury. She couldn't play the rest of the season, so mm. you were kind of tagged in.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you feel in that moment? Like, obviously, they saw something in you. And what what do you think it was that they saw in you as a leader? And and did you see that in yourself or was it a little bit of a surprise for you?
1: Oh, definitely not at the time. I think I felt completely out of my depth and um, probably a little little embarrassed in a way that I was put in this position. I was, you know, a young – I was a young girl. I was a young player in the team. I had no experience under my belt. I felt like Lauren, who is my best friend. Um, I felt like, you know, there was this – Um, great thing happening for me through something terrible that had happened to Mm, my best friend and I couldn't get my head around that and, um, you know, I'd never led a team. So I, I, as I said, I I wasn't any good at public speaking. I would get so nervous. I thought how on earth am I going to, um, you know, not only perform out on court and um, lift the team out there but then there's all this off-court you know, matters that I need to get my head around as well and how is that going to affect me as a player and um, so I just I just at the time didn't feel like I was the right, jo- uh, right person for the job and I think um, there was probably more experienced girls in the playing group that I was probably a little bit intimidated by and thought, oh, they should naturally be the next ones in line and... Um, so I think that's probably where my initial thoughts of it all laid. Um, but that was, as you say, the very start of my leadership journey and it was a pretty steep learning curve. So, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm very grateful for those that did see some leadership qualities in me to put me in that position. So what do you think they saw in you? Oh, I'm not – I suppose um, maybe on court, um something that leadership wise I did pride myself on now looking back is being able to provide opportunities in challenging times on court okay. and to step up when the pressure was on and um, being the last line of defense, um, you know, turning things around for the team, and maybe that's potentially what they they saw in me. Um, it might have you know been the fact that. At the end of the day, um, in pressure situations, I always like to think that I can remain calm and composed and um, I suppose that was maybe something else that they potentially saw in me, but it was pretty well hidden, let me assure you. It <laughs> took a while to come out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one. So was there someone that you, that you turned to? I know that you speak about um, in terms of inspiring you with leadership, there were a few coaches and other captains. Is there someone that you turn to as a mentor for yourself during that time?
1: Not really. Um, I mean, I think, you know, mentors are are wonderful people to have in your lives and, um, you know, if you, you can find someone that really, you know, makes sense to you and resonates with you and um helps you become a better person, then you know that's fantastic to be able to to have a figure like that in your life. For me, throughout my whole in- uh, career, it's my family has been you know my sounding board and um, the people that I've gone to first because at the end of the day, professional sports are a funny place you've got people that want you to do well and then there's people out there that don't want you to do well where I think for me and for everyone pretty much out there your family your parents and and those closest to you just genuinely want to see you do well all of the time so you know sometimes they're not going to tell you the harsh reality of situations mm. because they love you so much and they don't want to make you feel bad. Or mm. And my parents were the perfect example of that. I could have the worst game of my life and I'd come off the court and they'd tell me that I did a you know, you did well out there today. You were, you were really good out there today. That, that's of <laughs> encouragement. Don't worry, it's just a game. You've got next week. <laughs> did you actually
0: – did you find that helpful or do you sometimes uh, see through that? Because I suppose yeah. – you know, like, okay, so I played mixed netball and it was just on a Thursday night with some mates, a bit of fun. Yeah. But you, you know when you have a bad game and even at that fun level, if someone says, no, nah, you played well, you mm. can still see through that. Yeah. At your level – what was it like, did you I suppose there's one sort of it going, okay, they're trying to let me know that they're still supporting me and encouraging me, but at the other at the same time, you're kind of thinking you know, I just want some helpful yeah advice or how yeah. Was that?
1: yeah I think at the end of the day you like you're your toughest critic, so when you have a bad performance, you know you've had a bad performance mm. and um and i always i I remember one particular game where I had a shocker and um and dad said to me, oh, don't worry, mate, it's only a game. And mum actually turned to him and said, but it's not just a game for her, Ross. It's, it's her job. It's what she does. So it's like you with farming when it doesn't rain or things don't go to plan. You can't just say, oh, well, it's, it's just my job. So I think mum actually probably understood it a little bit more as she saw how much of a massive... Um, you know impact netball was in my life or it was a you know it was my job um and I think at times oh did I do I wish that I had the parents that you know were so honest with me and told me that I had a terrible game and my answer to that is absolutely not I just don't think I could have they were, they were there for me to pick me up. Your coach is there to tell you, you know, when <laughs> things aren't going well and yep, your teammates, yep. but you need the love, you need the support. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to hear things from families in, in times when you need to hear, you know, the hard truths, but it comes from a, a softer place when it comes from one of your family members, that's for sure. So
0: when you started being captain, you're thinking, why me? There's more experienced people. Was there a time when you felt like you really grew into it? Was there a moment, was there a game or something where you thought, you know what? Yes, I do deserve to be captain. Yes, this is right for me.
1: I think probably the realisation... Of that particular moment was um, if I skip forward a few years, 2013, so we talk about that first introduction in 2011 through Lauren's injury. It wasn't until two years later I was sitting in a room at the Aussie camp and um, we actually did a player vote for captain and it was an open vote so we could all see or you had to present in front of everyone who voted for who. Um and basically everyone's initials were put on a whiteboard and you got a tick or a, ta- a mark for every vote you got. Wow. And, um, yeah, a pretty uh, in-your-face moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that none of us saw coming at the time. Um, but I walked out of that room and I think out of a squad of 20 girls, there was only one girl who didn't include me in in her votes and... Um, wow. That was just – I remember walking out of the room and ringing mum immediately and going, the most bizarre thing has just happened. (laughs) (laughs) I've just – I said I'm absolutely, like, gobsmacked because I just – these girls are, like, seeing me as a potential captain of this team Um, and I just can't get my head around that. Mm. And then it hit me that, hang on a minute, at the end of the day I want to be captain if I have a – the players support behind me Mm. that is that is the the time that I know that I'm the right person for the job when it hasn't come from just a coach I've seen it with my own two eyes there's been no risk of dodgy votes or Mm. you know Mm. you've you've been put in there because the coach wants you in there it's when the players put you in that position is when you know well I've got their full support and I'm ready for this opportunity and I'm going to grab this opportunity and that's probably the moment that it all happened for me.
0: Wow that must have been so personally affirming for you.
1: It oh it was incredible I mean I you know I get asked so much about career highlights in life and um, you know you talk about the premierships and the Com games, gold medals, and um, but it's those moments that aren't shared with the you know netball community or, right. or the fans, yeah. or it's just something that you have within your playing group, and those moments are definitely up there with career highlights.
0: Well, so in a way, those personal validation moments. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean everyone loves to to hear nice things being said about you and I think it's important to be able to have those moments and do those moments just like it's important to also listen and hear the things that you need right. to work on and that's that's been a big part of life at you know a professional elite level sporting wise is um is getting some wonderful feedback coming back to you about you know the amazing things you're capable of doing but you also get to hear the things that you're not so good at as well and um, you know it it all balances you out and I keep saying I think it's it's a recipe for making you a better person in a way
0: Mm, absolutely so in terms of your leadership style this is always a difficult question to narrow down to you know a number of values and qualities and so on but if you would like your teams to describe your leadership style in three or four words, whether they be values or standards or whatever, mm. what words would you like to hear from them?
1: Uh, I'd like to. I'd like the girls that have you know been in a team with me, whether it was whether it was when I was captain or um, just you know. I think. You, in general being in your presence in in a team, I'd like them to say that I was genuine, um, authentic and you know happy to be myself, um, that I could produce good moments in precious situations um, and that I just loved being out there. I think enjoyment as well would be probably the four four biggest um, aspects of of my game, whether it was w- when I was in a leadership role or whether I was just playing, that I I wanted to base my game around.
0: Excellent, and and they're all um, incredible ways of boosting team morale as well. Mm. Those big moments, those um, the rebounds or the intercepts, and those high pressure moments. Um, I must admit to in my a mixed netball team. I played goalkeeper and goal defence for a while. I did try to channel Laura, guys. did try to channel you every now and then. It didn't quite work for me, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it, um, just to be able to lift the team morale as a leader. Mm. You, li- you lead with your words, but you also lead with your example. Mm. Um, so I think you know, there's some great words mm. in that one. So thank you for that. Um, in terms of driving to the okay, so you've been to a number of grand final matches as captain. Driving to the first one, Mm. how was that your mind game different to driving to your final, grand final game?
1: In terms of... Your mindset, how
0: you're getting yourself ready, what you're thinking of. Yeah. In terms of your own game and your team as you're driving to the games.
1: Oh, I think probably through experience... I had games where early, early games when I was captain where I didn't focus on my own job and I thought because I had this new title that I had to be somebody completely different Um, and that was my very first experience as captain of the Diamonds Um, was, you know, I I was just basically trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, and it, it turned out horribly wrong, and I ended up on the bench for that game, and I think I'm, to date, the only Australian captain that's been benched in a debut game, so it's a great stat to have. <laughs> <laughs> um, the New Zealand media reminded me of that straight after the game, and, um, you know, I, that at the time, wanted to dig a hole and hide in it because it was mortifying and horrible. Um, But now, again, when I look back on it, it's probably, you know, I'm actually really glad that it happened. I had a conversation with the coach, Lisa, after that game, and she basically said, today you tried to be everything that you're not, and it just didn't work out. Um, And the reason you've been put in this position is because the girls... Have voted for you to be there for what you've done in the past. Yeah. So why go changing now? And that's when I talk. If I revisit your last question about, you know, your four big qualities, um, or your four things that you like to base yourself around, that's where the that's where the auth you know, the authentic, genuine behaviour stands so strong for me now through that Mm -hmm. lesson of trying to be something that I'm not and trying to pretend and it not working out um, and then going back out there for game two and just worrying about my own job and doing my own thing um, and doing that to the best of my ability. And, you know, all of a sudden every single girl out on court started doing her job to the best of her ability and the result was significantly different. Mm -hmm. So um, I once – I received a text message after a specific game in Glasgow for the 2014 Com Games and it stuck with me and it's – good leadership is shown in the behaviour of your followers and it's um, stayed with me. I think, you know, when you look after your own backyard and and you do your job properly – And the girls see you doing your job properly in whatever way you prepare yourself and do things that works for you, they then go, I'll do my job and I might prepare completely different to her, but if I just get my job done, then that's okay. And if we all just get our own job done, then all of a sudden we're all heading in the right Mm. direction Mm. and, you know, the team is capable of wonderful things.
0: And again, your ability to pull out a massive play under pressure um, in those big moments that can turn the game around in front of such a massive audience—not only the crowd that are there, but on a global scale—that must feel pretty good.
1: <laughs> oh, they're the moments that you dream of as a little girl when you're in the backyard. Oh yeah, shooting that, me with as a little girl, <laughs> I have the exact same ones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when you're shooting with mum in the backyard, and you say to her, "Mum, this is the this is the goal to win the grand final in you know like." extra time and whilst I wasn't a shooter they're the little things that you think about when you're a little girl and and then when you you know you get older you still dream of those moments Mm -hmm. you want to you want to be the person and you want to be a part of something that's great that gets people out of their seats and I suppose at the end of the day Sports people are entertainers in a way. You know, we love to we love to get people out of our seats. We love to bring enjoyment to people, and um, and we get so much back from that as well. So I think for me, and I've often I do I say this about my career, in the pressure times, in the challenging moments, is when I've learnt the most about myself, mm-hmm. and when I've actually been able to do things that I never thought was capable. So when I find myself in pressure situations or challenging situations, and I always say this to young kids at clinics, don't see it as, you know, oh, I'm about to face a huge challenge or I'm, I'm just going through a really tough time. We all do. It's actually, you know, when you come out of it and you look back at that tough time, I think there's always so much more to have been learnt and gained in those times than when everything Mm. just cruises along so easily and well. Mm. Thanks.
0: Mm. And speaking of those clinics, to Flight, you mentioned before about the rewarding moments as a player. Mm. And there must be a shift now in terms of what you find fulfilling in your work now. Obviously, being a mum, that yeah. would be quite fulfilling. Yeah, And then in terms of your work now, so what inspires you in your work with young people?
1: I just, I love working with people. Um, and I love hearing people's stories. I think everyone's got an awesome story to tell regardless. Um, you know, whoever's – you know, if someone's walking down a street and you stop them and ask them what their story is, everyone has an incredible story. And we share our stories because potentially, you know, through sport we've, we've become known in a way. But um, there's so many young girls out there that have done more inspiring things than a lot of us out on the netball court. Mm-hmm. And are living through incredible moments and challenges and times. And you know I, I've met a lot of little girls along the way that have got health challenges and that have got so many struggles and sport is their outlet. And um, I think that's that's so <laughs> inspiring to hear those stories. Um, you know, we go to clinics and we often hear, you know, thank you for coming, you've inspired us to play. And most of the time we walk away feeling pretty inspired ourselves through, you know, interactions with with young kids and um, the stories that they've got to share. And I think just in general, I'm I'm so lucky to be always working with a very different group of people you know Mm. different people from all walks of life and um that's probably something that I'm I'm just really really grateful for in a way not many people get to do that and um and I feel lucky to to have that exposure in a way
0: excellent if you could give a young person some advice whether they be wanting to play netball or sport or none at all if you could give someone some life advice Mm given your experience as a leader a captain and, and how far you've come and how successful you've been what would you say
1: it's a tough one i mean you know again that's a question we get asked a lot and you hear a lot of girls responses which is comes back to you've got to work hard for anything you want and there is that element of of hard work you know associated with any any goal but i probably tend to go down the track of just do your best and forget the rest that's something that I was told as a young girl that stuck with me throughout my entire career and even regardless of what I'm turning my hand to or or trying to do it it's if I can honestly walk away and say I've given my absolute best Mm -hmm. and and that encompasses hard work and that encompasses everything about you know just giving your all to something and you can honestly say to yourself I've given it the best shot that I could possibly give it and you forget everything else then that that has held me in really good stead and I think it's simple and I I do pass that on quite a quite a fair bit to the younger younger girls.
0: Excellent that's one of the things I really like about your clinics it's more than just being about netball. Mm. it's about lifestyle in a way so I'd love to hear more about the fuel to fly
1: yeah I think you know netball a lot of the girls that come to the clinics they're there because of the common um, Mm -hmm. link of netball they love netball they love the girls that go along and coach with us and which is awesome Um, but it's also realizing that netball's not for everyone and if if everyone played netball it'd be a pretty boring world so (laughs) encouraging young girls that just by being active and by staying involved in sport the benefits that that has and that's why we're so lucky to be partnered with someone like Suncorp um, who who our clinics and and they get that and they get that messaging around confident girls turn into confident women that make right choices in life and and just the impact or the importance of being active what that plays in in those young girls lives in developing Mm. confidence and unfortunately we do see so many young girls drop out of sport at a young age because different things in their life start taking you know up a bit more time such as homework and you know social activities and our messaging messaging to these young girls is um we want you to stay involved in sport whether it's netball whether whatever it is because the long-term benefits to you and to the people around you are just uh you know you can't argue with it so um we do we we encompass it different things in the clinics we give the girls the opportunity to hear about nutrition and you know we include a a different station every series it might be hip-hop it might be something completely left field where the girls are like but we're here at a netball clinic and we're doing hip-hop dancing (laughs) um and I think that's that element of surprise and Mm. you know um early stages of get comfortable being uncomfortable and um and I think that's probably what we, what we do want to achieve from those clinics is the girls feeling like they've um, been exposed to a lot of different things in the three hours that they've been with us.
0: Nice. And I like how it seems to be at the
1: moment you're all about
0: giving back. Yeah. You've had your huge successes again as a player and then giving back as a leader to your team. And now it seems to be with the clinics – Giving back to young people to, to teach them, you know the um, netball and then self confidence and mm. nutrition and everything. And again, I love that idea about getting out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, I love that idea about giving back. Was there someone in your life who really inspired you in terms of you know that importance to serve to give back?
1: Yeah, I, my dad was um, he the most positive role model that I've had in my life. His ability to help anyone in need um, and to always put People, I think, in front of him, he he did it a lot better than what I do it now. Um, but he was just an incredible human being that um, would just basically help anyone that needed a, a hand. Um, and he was known, you know. I have people that have come have stopped me in the street and come up and said, "Your father was the most wonderful person. He was just always helping someone." And you know, he was just a, such a genuine character. Um, so to see that firsthand as a young girl um, to grow up and be exposed to that for 24 years and to see that um, I feel exceptionally lucky and he by far has been the biggest influence in terms Mm -hmm. of you know always always trying to give back and realize how lucky you are and how fortunate you are and to help someone that's not as fortunate as yourself was kind of his one of his life monos in a way
0: and your dad sadly passed away five years ago now, I believe, with yeah. an accident on the farm. And I think having his inspiration still live within you mm. is such an awesome way to honour a life. And it must be incredible to hear people come up to you in the street and talk about your dad. Yeah. Um, what would it be like? I was going to ask what would it be like if, you know, for Barney to hear that when he grows up about you. But what would you like? Okay, if he was to hear things about you when he's older... What are the words you'd like him to be hearing from other people about the type of person that you were?
1: Um, it's. I mean, obviously, you want to hear hear them say wonderful things about yourself, and um, you know, you you're just that consistent role model to any parent is a is a role model to their child at all times. Um, I think probably the the two biggest things that I would love. To see Barney um, instill is is to always remain humble mm-hmm. um, and to to be very kind. I think um, those two qualities are basically can you know just are two of the best qualities you can have, and I think hold you in great stead just in life in general, no matter what you turn your hand to, occupation wise. And, you know, I would hope that in a way, yeah, people would say those things about me in a way and, um, you know, just that I I am the same person that I was when I was 13 years of age, obviously a little bit different through experiences and mm. challenges. But, yeah, I just would like to be known that I, I haven't changed too much from the little girl that grew up in Allara. and just love to life out there and continues to love, love life now. Yeah. I, I
0: think you'd be, um, yeah, I think you'd have lots of chances of hearing that because <laughs> just in this last, what, 50 minutes of spending time with you now, um, humility and kindness are right up there already so I think yes he's in good stead I think of you know, having those qualities in himself but also hearing that of you
1: I think he's a bit cheeky as well that's from <laughs> his father not me <laughs> it's always good to blame the father yeah. for those ones I, feel, I get that a lot oh, I get dear. that
0: um so I have what I call the rocking chair test In terms of when I'm old and grey and wrinkly and Mm -hmm. sitting on my porch, which I don't have yet, (laughs) in my rocking chair, which I don't have yet, (laughs) sitting next to my wife, which I do have. (laughs) um, So I have this test in terms of when I look back over my days, Mm. what's the one thing that's going to make me the proudest? And maybe it's something that I've already achieved and maybe it's something yet to come. And if it's something yet to come, it helps me Um, make better life decisions what would be your one thing that would make you the proudest
1: i just am so proud to be mum to barney at the moment and i can't imagine that when i'm old and wrinkly that's ever going to fade um no sporting achievement no career highlight even comes within a whisker of you know being able to say that i'm barney's mum and um hopefully potentially down the track being um mark and i being parents to more children just um, would make me so, so incredibly proud. But at the moment, just being the best mother to Barney is, um, and being able to do that through our, hopefully for, for decades and decades mm. to come, would just, if he can stand in front of me and tell me that, you know, I've been a wonderful mother to him, then that would make me beyond, beyond proud. Nice one. Thank you. Mm.
0: If our listeners would like to get in contact with you, What would be the best way for them to do that? I know you're on Instagram and we'll put this in the show notes as well. What would be the best way for them to follow you or get in contact?
1: Yeah, Um, Instagram is obviously um, probably where I spend most of my time. If you ask Mark, maybe too much time. (laughs) Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, I'm on all three. So sometimes I'm a little bit slack coming back and responding when people send me direct messages and that sort of thing. But I love hearing from people all the same. So. Um, feel free to hit me up on either of those three excellent thank you so being the do life better podcast I like to ask our guests what do
0: life better means to them Mm. Um, particularly given that every guest comes from a very different background and has different experiences and so on so in terms of doing life better what does that mean to you
1: Um, To me, and I often find myself doing this, is stopping and um, taking a moment to realise and to be grateful for the things that you have in your life. Um, The little things that we take for granted each and every day, such as food on the table, a house uh, to live in, a bed to sleep in, a car to drive around in, family by our side, Um, you know, just so many when you when you stop and make a list of of the small little things in life that yeah. we have that we take for granted every single day and people that don't have those things you start realizing just how how lucky you actually yeah. are
0: thank mm-hmm. you and then for our challenge for the week uh, so as you know we give our listeners one challenge one thing they can work on this week to help them do their life even better yeah what challenge would you give our listen, our listeners for the week ahead
1: This is probably maybe targeted towards the younger generation in a way Um, but being grateful and thankful to parents, um, stopping and taking time to tell your mum and dad um that you love them and that you are so grateful for them running around after you picking you up from school dropping you at one sport picking another sibling up and doing the same and packing school lunches and um just taking the time because i I remember when i reflect on me as a teenager again you take it for granted and they do it because they love you Mm. um but for them to hear how grateful you are just goes such a long way. So that would be my challenge for all the, all the young girls and boys out there is to stop and take a moment and just thank your parents.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And actually, just now I'm thinking maybe I should be thanking my parents and my in-laws even more because they're the ones now running around picking up my sons. Yeah, right about or soon. Yeah. <laughs> um. As well. So and so yeah. Thank you. So to thank and be grateful for your parents and the significant adults in yeah. your life.
1: Absolutely,
0: Laura. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, thank you. Again, as I said at the start, you are an incredible, authentic, positive role model for young people. Um, you know, there's a lot of other sporting people out there who don't make the best choices, and there are some who do make lots of very positive choices and seem to live a really holistic life on and off the court or the field. Uh, so thank you for the example you are. Thank you. Um, for inspiring a young generation, thank and um, yeah, just for doing the country proud. Thank on you. The court. So Thanks Laura, for having me. Thank you. Cheers. So there you have it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today with Laura. And please do remember her challenge, which is tell your parents and all your significant adults in your life how grateful you are for all that they do for you. Make sure you do that one this week. And if you really did enjoy this episode, please thank Laura for it by tagging her in it. Take, as I said before, take a screenshot, tag her in there, let her know what you thought about it. Let her know what was really beneficial for you. So on Instagram, she is at L M guides that's at L-M-G-E-I-T-Z. He's also on Facebook and Twitter at Laura Geitz there as well. Make sure you tag me and also I'd love to hear too what you got out of it. So that's at Dave Jorna and at Do Life Better Podcast. Of course, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. By subscribing, you get every new episode straight into your phone as a notification that way you don't miss out on any other one coming up so make sure you do subscribe share it out there with some people who you know will benefit from these messages just as much as you do as well that's your way to help me out so thank you very much for joining me again today i can't wait till next time Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. And have you subscribed yet? By subscribing to this podcast, that enables you to get notifications every single time a new episode is released. In your podcast app, you can find all the show notes for every episode. And if you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone you think will benefit from these messages, And now it's time to get out there and do life better.